2018 was a strong year for spending on federal contracts. The government obligated a total of $559 billion last year, the most since fiscal 2010. But the list of top contractors hasn't changed much. The 200 largest contractors earned 64% of those dollars, the same share as in 2017. That's according to this year's BGov 200 analysis, just out from Bloomberg Government. Dan Snyder is Director of Government Contract Analysis at BGov. He joined me to talk about some of the trends behind this year's data and some of the movements in the rankings. There's a few companies that we analyzed in the report specifically that uh, are worth highlighting. Uh, one that is worth mentioning is Microsoft, which uh, came in at 147 last year, and this year they're at 118. Um, and, and of course, the, the government has always been interested in purchasing uh, Microsoft software. Uh, but I think what we're increasingly seeing with that is they're relying less on resellers and more so on direct involvement. At the beginning of January, they won a, a $1 billion or so uh, software BPA with the with the Pentagon. Uh, they also won uh, a, a, a prototype to scale glasses. Um, and this year, they, they increased their spot by about uh, 30 slots or so. Um, in addition to that, we've seen new entrants. L3 Communications Vertex uh, came in at 56, which is a spinoff after L3 and Harris were combined. Um, and United Technologies, with their production for the F-35 engines, increased from about uh, 20 to 7 in the past year. Um, so each company has its own individual story, uh, but, but those are just some of the unique ones that we bring to the forefront. When we talk about companies within the top 10, there hasn't been much churn. Eight of the top 10 are remaining intact. If we look at that composition, um, you'll, you'll notice the top five represent Lockheed, Boeing, General Dynamics, Raytheon, Northrop Grumman, and all of those one through five have generally remained uh, in that order uh, for all years the Bloomberg government has analyzed the top 200 rankings. The one thing that we did draw upon in this year is uh, Lockheed Martin was the only company uh, in the top 10 that saw an actual decrease in obligations, and that was about $6 billion. So they, they still have a, a pretty large cushion. Uh, they're they're uh, coming in at $43.5 billion, and Boeing, who is second at $29.8. So they're, they're still well ahead of, uh, of, of the second slot by $14 billion. Uh, but that diminishing $6 billion that they saw uh, stood out if we're looking at the top 10 rankings. And Dan, when we look at the, the big picture and talk about spending trends for contractors writ large, larger budgets certainly have helped over the past few years. But to the extent budget stability is a factor here, you know, there's every reason to believe that good news is going to continue on that front. Because as we're recording here on Thursday, it looks like the Senate's just about to approve the last of these two-year budget deals that would get the Budget Control Act in the rearview mirror for good. So to the extent that, again, stability is part of this, that's probably an indication that we're going to see more upward trends in the future, right? That's a good question, Jared. In terms of stability, I think the only thing that we can be certain of is that we'll continue to see some uh, increases across the board for most agencies. Uh, if we are uh, indicating by what we have available with the budget numbers now, uh, Pentagon is set to see another increase in addition to their four-year 
boost that they've experienced. What's less certain is the timing by which this authorization will be approved and if uh, it will be finalized even in the first quarter. I think October 1st is, is unlikely, but as we progress into November and December, the likelihood uh, of a budget um, being passed uh, could, could be possible. Let's talk a bit more about the trends that you talk about in the report, Dan, one of which that I thought was interesting was was buying more as a service, which we've certainly heard agencies and OFPP talk about a lot. But are you starting to see more of those service oriented as opposed to CapEx expenditures be reflected in actual spending? That's a great question. I'm glad you brought that up. The buying as a service is something that is widespread across the government. Um, a lot of people are, 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 what I like to say, using IDIQs on steroids so they can have even more flexibility in the volume of services that they provide. As we point out in the report, uh, as a service, uh, most technologists are probably familiar with terms like infrastructure as a service, platform as a service, and software as a service uh, when deploying models for the cloud. But but uh, the government is increasingly adopting as a service to things like security operations or mobile backend as a service. And I think we'll continue to see that applied in different ways moving forward in fiscal year 2020 and fiscal year 2021. Another one you identify is the move toward best-in-class contracts, which again has been emphasized over and over again from a policy level. But same question, is it is it reflected in the numbers already in terms of starting to consolidate some of the dollars into those contracts? Yes, absolutely. We've seen tremendous growth in the past year in the, the types of contracts that are being labeled as best-in-class. Of course, those are uh, a portfolio of contracts that the government determines offer the best pricing and requirements uh, under uh, the scope within those contracts. We've seen that elevate in the past year. Um, and I think what we need to watch is how GSA and OMB are going to be uh, looking at the contracts that are uh, in different tiers. So they've developed a, a tier zero, tier one, tier two, tier three, in terms of the size of those large multiple award contracts. Uh, and as we tackle those different tiers, I think we'll, fall, we'll see more of those obligations fall within these 40 or so best in class contracts. And then how about OTAs? I mean, relatively small spending in the big picture, but in terms of year over year percentage increases, they are getting more and more popular. That's a great point, Jared. So OTAs account for, by Bloomberg government's estimates, about $4 billion in spending in 2018, which isn't a tremendous amount when we're talking about $460 billion government-wide. But the importance of these uh, contracts is that they represent prototypes. So uh, the government can scale up, and, and they're oftentimes innovative applications that they're experimenting with that could have some long-term impacts. Uh, in the in the next 10 years if they do decide to advance those prototypes and bring them to full-scale production. And let me finish up on, on the point that you raised toward the beginning of the conversation, which is growth in professional and IT services reflected in, in your analysis of 18 spending. Is is that growth that we should expect to, to continue or at least stay steady based on the, the, the 20 budget proposal and the other things that we've heard from the administration? With almost certainty, I think the technology market will increase. Um, I, uh, professional services is, is certainly uh, likely to increase as well, but maybe not as much of an accelerated pace. Uh, 
Uh, if we take those two markets, and, and I'll, I'll talk technology first, mm-hmm. and we, we rely on DOD's taxonomy, which breaks out tech services and tech equipment. Uh, but looking at the last four-year period, we've seen a tremendous boost in spending occurring in those uh, categories. Uh, in 15, it was $64 billion or so. And then in 2018, that's jumped to about $82 billion. And that shows no flying signs of, of slowing down in the future. Uh, we've seen some budget uh, forecasts that are upwards of between 90 uh, and $100 billion for uh, maintenance as well as modernization. And last year, if you remember correctly, uh, the, the president's budget requested about uh, $5 billion less than was actually appropriated. So um, the, the, the members of the Hill and on committee who are, who are appropriating the funds decided that these agencies needed $5 billion additional uh, to satisfy their functions. So uh, if we're talking about areas such as uh, cloud cybersecurity and digital services, I think there's pretty widespread agreement that those need to be um, accelerated in the future. That's Dan Snyder, the Director of Government Contract Analysis at Bloomberg Government. We'll post a link to this year's BGov 200 at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. Love Target? Well, you're about to love it even more. Target's new Red Card Reloadable saves you 5% every Target trip, in-store and online, and doesn't require a bank account or credit check to get approved. Target.com slash Red Card to get all the details. Restrictions apply.